0: Hi, my name is Matt Locke, and this is the Everyday Athlete podcast. The podcast for the everyday athletes around the world who refuse to be average and who want to create a legacy of health, fitness and achievement in every aspect of their life. I'm glad you're here and once again, it's time to forge
1: your future.
0: Philippa, welcome back to the uh, the podcast. It's great to have you with us today. How are you doing?
1: Thank you. Very good. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm well, thank you. And really excited to dive into today's conversation. It's a subject that you and I have talked about before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it's one that um, relates to you and I both personally, but as I suspect anyone listening to this will be able to relate to it as well. But before we start, I mean, you are without question one of Australia's leading functional medicine practitioners, uh, which is why we're very, very lucky to have you with us today. But for those who are not familiar with functional medicine, could you maybe just tell us a little bit about that so that we can have a baseline before we move on to talk about yeah. sleep? Yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. So functional medicine is, it sits in the natural therapies and it's about rather than treating symptoms, we want to treat the root cause of health issues. It's different to say a GP, GPs, medical specialists, amazing testing, which is great and needed, but they're really testing for diseases and like nasty conditions rather than functional medicine side of things is looking for those functional imbalances in the body systems. And preventing from things like cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all that sort of stuff before those niggly little symptoms get worse.
0: Sure. Very much adopting a much more preventative and holistic approach to wellness. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do use, like we do use medicines, natural medicines, not pharmaceuticals. But really like the root cause of people's health issues goes far beyond just taking a bunch of supplements to restore the body. You then need to look at sleep, nutrition, lifestyle, relationships, the way that you think and feel and behave. So that is like the ultimate of functional medicine, looking at all those areas.
0: Absolutely. You are speaking my language now. Um, amongst the sort of the three headlines under which we operate, and that for us that's anything to do with the head basically, and that could be yeah, you know, talking about the self-determination theory from the world of positive psychology, reframing negative self-talk. You know, the whole intrinsic motivation, people, our purpose. You know, our why. We then have certainly maintenance, which absolutely relates to a lot of what you're talking about, maintaining sort of all aspects of fundamental lifestyle mm-hmm. topics. And you know, as you said, nutrition, sleep, stress management, and so on. And then, of course, movement. From our perspective, super important, but. The purpose of today, and I know that we could talk about a number of those topics in great detail, and I would love to do so. But for today, the idea was to uh, to really take a deep dive into something that eludes many people, myself included, and has all sorts of ripple effects for basically every aspect of our life. And, uh, Mm -hmm. of course, what I'm talking about is sleep. um, Yeah, everyone
1: does it or should do it. (laughs)
0: Well, that's right. Yeah, At some stage, we do do it, um, but we should probably do more of it, most of us, and have uh, a higher level of quality sleep for sure. But I think um, it's really interesting to start with, and I know we're going to dive into some tips, tricks, and techniques that you have for how to sleep better, and that's really important, but it's probably better to start with, I think, why it's so important that we improve our sleep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So from a functional medicine sort of healing perspective, our body repairs when we're asleep. So, if you're not sleeping and sleeping the amount that your body needs, then issues are going to happen. So, your body can start breaking down, your immune system becomes suppressed, your neurotransmitters, like your brain literally start becomes damaged when you're not sleeping. Then you've got things like your stress hormones can go out of whack, your circadian rhythm will go out of whack, and that can affect other things throughout the day. So your metabolism, your mood, it's just so, like, it's important. It's so important. And that is why we are programmed to sleep so that we can function when we are awake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some big ticket items in there, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was just going to add, too, theoretically, Between 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is when physical repair happens and then 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. is when psychological mental repair happens. So kind of goes along with my point just there that both of those things are going to be worked upon, repaired upon when we're asleep. If we're not, if we're going to bed too late, body will start breaking down. If you're waking up in the early hours of the morning or maybe waking up really early because you've got an action packed life, I don't
0: know, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> then that's where mental health can actually start suffering too.
0: Sure, sure, understood. So you named some big ticket items there from a uh, why we sleep. So let's just think about the implications, therefore, if we break those down. You mentioned hormones, for example, uh, as one. So. What are the ramifications, therefore, not sleeping adequately, not getting the sleep we need? Mm-hmm. let's sort of dive into each of those subjects. So from a hormonal yeah. perspective, what are the actual implications? Because I can understand, of course, you know it could lead to hormone imbalance, for example. But I don't know what that looks like. How would that mm. present itself? What What are the implications of that? Why does that matter, yeah, <laughs> for example? Yeah,
1: yeah. so just a, a little bit. I try not to do too much science. My husband, Chris, who is my business partner also, so it's like, too much science. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but,
0: no. Well, but... if you're happy to, we can, <laughs> we can do science.
1: <laughs> I will contextualize that a little bit. So when the sun goes down, you have a hormone melatonin start secreting. And then at the same time, your stress hormone, cortisol should start dropping as well so it's almost like cortisol and melatonin are always doing this balancing act so sun goes down cortisol drops melatonin rises you then go to sleep and that melatonin stays up or it's secreting throughout the night until you know it starts to deplete after 12 uh, midnight 2 a.m slowly starts to come down sun rises cortisol also rises melatonin drops then you wake up And so from a hormonal perspective, now we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but like, you know, what causes poor sleep and how can you fix it? But basically if you're staying up too late on screens, not getting enough sunlight throughout the day, that's going to affect your ability to produce melatonin, which is then going to cause your body to be really stressed out, which will cause cortisol to rise. And also too, if you have a really stressful life or lifestyle, then that's going to suppress your ability to produce melatonin. So then I guess there's this imbalance between your sleepy hormone and your stress hormone, and often the stress hormone wins. Th- thank you Nada. for telling it down for me. <laughs> and so when I talk about hormonal imbalances, I mean there's so many different types of hormones, but probably from a stress point of view, your adrenal glands that secrete your stress hormones yeah. will start acting dysfunctionally. And so symptoms or common symptoms, it would look like if someone's having stress hormone imbalance issues, I often see people who are exhausted or just energy isn't as good as what it used to be. Mental health side of things too. So you might feel anxious or full-blown anxiety, depression, or just moody, like a I used to call myself the dragon mom because I had a lot of these issues and sometimes my kids like joke around or they're being serious, mom, you're turning into a dragon mom again. (laughs) It's like that irritability, (laughs) snappiness, so you don't necessarily need to have like a diagnosed anxiety or depression disorder. It literally could show up that you're just, a bit of an angry person or a bit of a moody person. Some other things too. So the further these hormonal imbalances become, that's where you can actually start having like proper insomnia. So it's not no longer just about, not going to bed on time it's literally that when you put your head on the pillow you can't go to sleep or you might fall asleep because you're so exhausted but you're waking up throughout the night and not being able to fall back to sleep or having like a restless sleep there's so many different symptoms that show up so female or like uh, male sex hormone issues low libido for women pms infertility even metabolism can become disrupted so people who are not sleeping very well or really stressed often find that. They they carry a lot of fat around the belly it's what i call like the stress fat and you know no matter what they do they used to do their diets or change their exercise regime and those things don't work anymore to shift fat because the metabolism is just kind of like shut down
0: you know it's funny you mentioned that even when i was at my most lean and i'm i'm conscious i'm not fat now but i when i was really doing the ultra endurance stuff i was really lean really lean and uh but i always had just a little bit of fat retained around my tummy and i remember a, a sports nutritionist saying to me at the time should actually i think it's your sleep i think it's this elevated cortisol levels and so on and so on.' Should I, i'm pretty sure that's what it is because it's not your diet it's not you oh, clearly not your training it's none of those things and it made a lot of sense, yeah, understanding the science and from what you're saying, for example, yeah. um, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's very real, isn't it? Mm, it is not it Something. I mean, everything, everything you're saying is tangible and real, and I would imagine people have just sort of gone through sort of cherry-picking. They go, oh, yeah, that's me from what you said. Oh, well, yeah, that's me. Well, that's me. And I guess some of them are hard to pick, aren't they, because they can be based they, – they can be founded in other issues as well, so it might yeah. not be this. But nonetheless, these are all – very real and very relatable subject. It sounds so much more serious when you say I'm a chronic poor sleeper, but mm-hmm. I am because it's been for years. Mm-hmm. And so technically it's it's chronic. I mean, certainly in the modern world that we live in with all of the, I guess there's so many inputs, so many touch points in our lives. There's so many different forms of communication and sure that the devices, the phones, the there's so many things pinging, binging, vibrating and, doing all those things that they do. And it seems to me that sleep is, you know, a growing issue, a growing mm-hmm. challenge. And certainly, a lot. thankfully, lots of businesses are starting yep. to focus more on that. And there's a, a lot, like mental health, there's a far greater awareness around it.
1: So pre-kids, I had no issues with sleep really at all. And then I started having babies. And, of course, you know, babies will disrupt your sleep anyway. But it was more that it was affecting my stress hormones being a mom, <laughs> I had a lot of issues. I had a really traumatic birth, lots of internal, like physical trauma, lots of antibiotics that just ruined my gut health, then adding a baby that screamed unless she was asleep, not feeding properly, and trying to be a new mom and work and build a business and all that sort of stuff. And have a, you know, my husband was beautiful actually, but I was not. I'm <laughs> like dragon mum and dragon wife. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> and
1: so then, like, that big snowball effect really started affecting my sleep. I even found, like, if I had to get up once in the night to feed my baby, that next, like, that whole next day, it was just a wipeout for me. So it was clear to me that I, like, I might have been sleeping, like, in terms of hours, but I just wasn't getting restful sleep. And my body wasn't able
0: to repair properly. Right. doesn't sound like a bunch of fun. So we've established why we need to sleep, why humans do sleep, in fact, why it's so important. I mean, it's an obvious question to ask at a very basic level, I understand. But in in terms of what should we be aiming for in a perfect world in terms of uh, regular quality sleep each night, what's the target?
1: I always get this question. (laughs) Yeah, sure.
0: Well, I think it's, it's, I mean, I think I know the answer, but but I think a lot of people don't and think, yeah, I know what I get by on five hours. I can get by on five and a half, six hours, you know, no problem. I can perform absolutely at my peak with just six hours sleep because I'm superhuman and I'm a robot. However, I think you're about to burst that little bubble, aren't you?
1: (laughs) Yes, and no. I think it's really individual for each person the way that you're made up. Like, based on science and research, you want to aim for between seven to nine hours. Yep. And when that happens, again, it's kind of personal too, but what I said before, that physical repair happens between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., and then that mental, emotional, psychological repair between 12 and 6 a.m. So you want to try and get that seven to nine hours somewhere between that time frame. But then there's ways that you can... I guess, work out your, how much sleep you need and also your ideal pattern. So you mentioned before apps and gadgets. I don't know if you're referring to the like sleep ones.
0: Oh, well, I was actually talking about the distracting, um, you know, (laughs) the whole blue light thing, um, but but nonetheless screens and having emails pop in and messages and they're just, you know, they're constantly, the brains keep spinning because it's being engaged with all these different things. But no, I, for sure we can talk about some of the apps that are are very useful other than they still involve your phone or ipad or something i
1: know right that's what i oh that's like my my husband chris loves his sleep up i'm a bit of a back in the 1800s type girl i'm not very good with technology so less apps for me the better for my sanity i think for my sure. mental health but he loves his app and so and there's how oh, which one does he use pillow pillow app but there's a few different ones you can get ones connected to your oh, see i don't even know these words
0: yeah no there are loads i mean but i think All some of the main ones calm i think is one of the biggest ones yeah um, yeah i heard something there, that's 84 million users or something
1: oh, wow yeah okay so super popular so there's different apps that you can use that will record how long you sleep when you get deep sleep when you get the REM sleep Light sleep, and then over the course of a few months, it can then scientifically or like from that data work out how much sleep your ideal sleep is and like the time frame that you get the best sleep. The old school way would be go to bed, don't set your alarm, and see what time you just naturally wake up. Now, if you have sleep issues and you're kind of waking up all night anyway, I mean, that's not necessarily going to be the best way for you to work that out but if you're someone who can afford to sleep and you're not waking up a lot during the nighttime, just see like you're setting your alarm too early in the day in the morning do you need more sleep
0: i take it as a baseline that would require you go to bed at the same time every night
1: yep exactly yep so you want to go to bed at the same time every night and then don't set your alarm so you might have to do it on the weekend if you're setting your alarm to get up for work or something then that's not necessarily going to work um
0: (laughs) philippa said
1: (laughs) I'm, i'm two hours late because i needed to sleep but that's how i mean that's how i i sleep i just i wake up when my body tells me it's time to wake up and in the winter it's really interesting so seasonal as well the way that our bodies are programmed is that we actually do need and want more sleep during the winter times when it's a bit colder and darker as opposed to in the summer. A lot of people, if they're, like, living on their natural rhythm, they would generally wake up earlier and maybe even go to bed later. So, sure. yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, like, sometimes it's 7.30 or Seven forty-five and I'm like, oh, it's whoa, holy smokes. I gotta get the kids ready for school and myself, ready for my consult.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you feel great because you're well rested. I feel
1: good. I will have the best day. Like my energy is very balanced mood. I don't know, maybe you need to ask the kids and happy about that one, but I will feel much more balanced throughout the day if I don't set an alarm.
0: Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. i got to be honest. I find there's a, there's something psychological about not setting alarm anyway. I'm one of those who will often wake up ten minutes before the alarm, and yeah, okay. I've done it all my life. So there's something somewhere in my subconscious is there's, there's a little clock ticking away, and it knows it's going to be about time the alarm goes off and I I personally would rather I don't like waking up to an alarm because you you kind of wake up with a jolt so I think that's my way of waking up and being able to turn the alarm off before the alarm actually goes off but the fact it's so consistent that being you know just a few minutes before would suggest there's something going on in the brain somewhere that's well aware of what time it is and uh, you have to wonder whether that that in itself is a distraction for the quality of sleep you're getting
1: yeah that's interesting it's like oh is that your body clock waking you up at the time or is it more the like oh the fear of the alarm clock of like rah, i don't know yeah. maybe you don't set an alarm like say to yourself before you go to bed my alarm is not set and see so if you wake uh-huh. up at the same time be interesting
0: well it's um irritating when i i don't i mean i i tend i do set the alarm but i i rarely wake up to the alarm let me tell you and i yeah i, I normally wake up at 4 four thirty 30 in the morning yeah, which I, which irritates me, but I feel good. I but it see. irritates me because I'm conscious that I know very well I haven't got my seven to nine hours sleep, Yeah. Um, and that there are implications to that. But I, you know, I, I don't drink caffeine. Yeah, we go to bed at ten o'clock pretty much every night. It's there's no you know late nights in there, and when I go to sleep instantly no yeah. problem i don't fall asleep on the couch I, you know i go to bed i fall asleep it's perfect but I, yeah i just seem to be the six hour guy but it frustrates me but i'm not alone you know i don't drink caffeine anymore i haven't drunk caffeine for five years to try and sleep better uh, and so on and so on and so on rarely drink alcohol really actually i've dropped into the whole heaps normal the alcohol free beer oh, which is yeah? just delicious That's pete, cool. pete brennan's beer yeah yeah no fantastic so um yeah alcohol's not a thing and i train a lot you know i'm physically active and i get outdoors and i get my sunlight and i do all of those things it's really frustrating and i'm not alone i know there's other people you know they go to bed with the best intentions then just kind of wake up early and then they're done once they're awake they're awake
1: yeah well i don't know see that's why i said it's individual too if you're going to bed like at a decent time you're sleeping as solid as what you know that you are anyway. And if you're feeling good throughout the day, then maybe maybe that's your thing. Yeah, maybe that's... But,
0: but it's chronic, isn't it? Like, I might just feel like I do and I might think, yeah, well, I feel okay because that's how I feel. But actually, if I was to consistently get better sleep for a week, maybe I'd feel amazing.
1: I would probably, as turning into a bit of a consultation between for you, I would probably suggest, and you might have already done it already, is just try going to bed an hour earlier than what you usually do as long as you can fall asleep then and see so that'll what push it out to seven hours or something yeah yeah and would. see how you feel like if you can fall asleep at nine o'clock sure till four then i'd be, you need I'd you be happy asleep. to try <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you need to do that, that little test in the reverse it's like okay so you're waking up bang, it's four o'clock, try and do it so that you're going to bed earlier, maybe like half an hour. Actually, I'd usually recommend 20 minutes earlier. Right. Maybe not like a big jump of an hour, just go 20 minutes, another 20 minutes. Sure. Like build it up like that.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that um, it is almost a consult, but actually, I think there's a learning in that. It's it's interesting for people to hear the kind of questions you would ask, <laughs> what the starting point typically is. I think that's important for uh, for listeners of this episode because I, mm-hmm. I think so many people can relate to this mm-hmm. as being one of the challenges in their life. And I know some people, you know, I, I don't do it anymore. I used to, but I used to be that. oh, pff, I'm awake. I'll look at my phone and yeah. engage myself, and uh, yeah, I, I'm strict on that now. I don't because I know that once I do, I'm done. That's yeah. it. The yeah. brain's whizzing and I'm away. But um, so, I mean, in terms of the kind of questions you do ask when you're talking to a new, uh, let's say you're in a consultation, and what are the kind of questions, just generally speaking, that you would ask around to give people a hint as to things they might think about as though they were being asked those questions?
1: Yeah. So what I would usually do in, say, an initial consultation, client fills in a really big health form, health history form, listing medical issues, things i have tried in the past, symptoms, all that sort of stuff. And so what I really want to figure out first is, yes, we need to work on sleep hygiene, lifestyle, all that sort of stuff, anything that will affect sleep. But I'm also really like I'm a bit of a detective. I am a detective. I want to find out is there anything else happening inside your body that could be affecting your ability to go to sleep, stay asleep, or the quality of your sleep? And so some of those body systems that I would think about would be like your neurotransmitters. So serotonin is an amazing neurotransmitter for really good mood throughout the day, but also really important for sleep. And so sometimes, whether it's because of gut issues or chronic stress, or it's been a snowball effect of not sleeping, and then serotonin gets worse, and then you get insomnia. So figuring out, and this is all done via different types of like saliva, pee, poo, or spit testing to uncover if there's imbalances. Other areas, I think about it, the hormones again, so you're just producing way too much cortisol and suppressing melatonin. Female hormones, I find like cyclical. Women often, if they have trouble sleeping, it will get worse or it's more noticeable during PMS period time. Yep. And that yep. can come back to like an imbalance of estrogen, progesterone. Detoxification is a big one. So your, de- your liver works, the hardest, or it really sw- switches on, ramps up between around 2 to 4 a.m. So, if you're waking up at around that time, <laughs> yeah. there may be a hidden functional issue with your detox pathways where you're getting blockages when you're trying to clear toxins or your liver is very sluggish and it's trying to work harder because it's not working very well. There could be nutritional deficiencies which are affecting your ability to detoxify. And I find people who have nightmares as well, like really bad nightmares. They're waking up at around that time. Almost all of them when uh, we've done testing, so we look at detox pathways via urine, almost all of them have really impaired detox pathways. It's just, it's crazy, yeah.
0: It's fascinating, isn't it? It's fascinating. And so many people just live with it. They live with poor sleep and just go, well, you know, I'm busy, it's what it is, I've tried. Oh. The long-term health implications are very real, aren't they? Very, yeah, very sure. real.
1: I'm a clinical nutritionist also, so I initially got into this work as a clinical nutritionist. So I love food, but if I had to choose between like really good food, which I love, like I love good, healthy whole foods, or really good sleep, I would always choose the sleep because I know if I haven't slept... I would feel way worse than if I've had a day of eating like McDonald's or something. Not that I've done that for a really long time, but, you know.
0: Right. can't believe you the golden arches into this conversation. Oh, no, is. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the major sponsor of the Olympics.
1: Oh, hmm. yeah. oh that's crazy, isn't it? Fire
0: yeah, on. it is. <laughs> but, um, no, I understand. No, I mean, I think that's a valid point, especially for someone like yourself who has mm. both the personal experience, of course, of eating and sleeping, but also – Understanding from a you know, professional level the implications and impact on, of both of those that you choose sleep. And that's exactly right. We can last much longer without food than we can without sleep.
1: Yeah, that is that's, true.
0: Um, that's very yeah. clear, and, and certainly a lot. There's a number of scientific studies out there that show our impaired ability to perform even the most basic tasks with not that much reduced sleep. Like if it's mm. literally a, a, one one night of poor sleep will have. A bearing on your performance and the following day or days yes. if you don't then, then get that restorative sleep.
1: Yeah, um, there was a research article actually when um, we were putting a couple of no, actually it was last year putting together a big sleep sleep module for our clients, and so I was madly going through all the scientific research articles. But there was one about that. I think they tested a bunch of participants who hadn't slept that night at all in comparison to a group of participants who over 3 nights only got 5 hours sleep i think it was four or 5 hours sleep and their cognition impairment was exactly the same if not worse with the mm. the people who got sleep but not much sleep
0: yeah fascinating subject i was talking to uh, one of the um, australian defence officer training team recently and they were saying you know obviously a lot often on their basic training it's i think in america it's called hell week that kind of thing where you just yeah you know, they're they're making sure the recruits are exhausted physically and mentally and then are expecting them to both perform I, I, yeah and there's a i understand the logic of why they do that they're breaking yeah. people down so that they can build them back up and yeah uh, all of those things but actually when they were talking about officer training well actually there's a huge educational component to that and there's a, a sort of dichotomy really of expecting people to absorb and learn and embed that learning mm. whilst they're in a fatigued and sleep deprived state doesn't really make sense so i know that the, there's certainly some studies going into that to see if that's really optimal yeah. from uh getting the best learning outcomes from the office of training it's yeah fascinating subject mm. but um even as much as one night bad sleep i mean it has an impact
1: yeah and, and then and then give these guys guns as well it's like Whoa!
0: dryer guns <laughs> and drones and all sorts of Sorry. stuff that's right <laughs> <Grenades>
1: and <laughs> also,
0: lots of big toys yeah i mean that that's the reality isn't it expecting people to, to perform at their peak and yeah in some cases really make important decisions mm. whilst cognitively impaired doesn't make a lot of sense in the cold light of day not to detract from the training or the work they do, and not at all But for most of us in CV strength, that decline in cognitive performance so rapidly. And if someone like me, imagine, just imagine if I didn't sleep so badly for the last X number of years. Yeah, I mean, I I think about what would my output be? What would my performance level be compared to it is today? So yeah, I mean, it's a question we can all ask ourselves. So I'm conscious of time. So of course, we are going to get to the good stuff, which uh, as in, the actionable stuff, I should say, not the good stuff.
1: The good um, stuff. The good stuff
0: is science. It's all, it's all good stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the actionable stuff. So, like, I, it would feel cliche for me to roll off the, you know, well, if you want to sleep better, you know, I've read a lot about it. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've spoken to you. I've spoken to other subject matter experts. And I think I know a lot of the answers, but I don't tend to do them, which is ridiculous. But for those who perhaps haven't dug into the subject, what's the general advice that you would give if you want people... To start giving themselves a fighting chance of sleeping better and getting this quality restorative sleep.
1: Yeah, okay. So I would say sun, the sun is super powerful and it's free and it's readily available. <laughs> yep. Like I, we do uh, not always, but we do test melatonin levels and if it is suppressed, you know, people are always like, oh, get me on the melatonin tablets or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to use sun to rectify this because it's just as, like it's just as effective. Yep. And so what you would want to do is as soon as you wake up, now if it's at 4 o'clock and the sun's still Now that's a bit tricky, but when the sun comes up,
0: I've got three um, hours to wait until the sun comes up. (laughs)
1: Twiddling your thumbs. Um, So you want to try and get outside for ten minutes. Now I know that that's, and this is probably why you know it's like, oh, that's so simple. But so why don't I do it? And I know it's kind of hard because you know you're trying to get ready for work or your day or getting kids ready and having your brekkie. If you can get outside and even just eat your breakfast for ten minutes. That's going to help just to reset. It's kind of, it sounds a bit upside down, but getting outside as soon as you wake up will help to increase your cortisol, which by nightfall will help to increase your melatonin production. If you can't get outside or it's just freezing because you live in somewhere where there's snow, then... Like, find like, the ta-
0: like Tasmania or somewhere like that.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> see, I, see, I'm not doing this at the moment because it's so cold. <laughs> but you do, you inside, even if it's inside, try and find the sunniest spot in your house and kind of just be there 10 minutes, eat your breakfast, yep. write in your journal, whatever. And then you want to try and match that too within the afternoon, being outside and again, like ideally two hours before the sunset gets down. And I know like we live in a technological world where a lot of people work inside so that can also be a challenge but honestly if someone has really bad sleep issues and you're insomniac and you have no melatonin being produced <laughs> prioritize doing that and see what happens
0: you know, as you were saying i was thinking you know in the morning making that it's about making it a routine isn't it it's about mm. making it a habit because to say yeah but i'm too busy because i've got to get the kids ready i've got to do the... no no you're missing the point we're talking here about your long-term, health, your short and long-term health about the quality of sleep and the rest of the effect that it has on your body. I think it's just important to come back to that. We're not trying to say, well, just you know, create these new habits because they're a good idea. I mean, they are, but the health benefits are significant. And so, yeah. so to be too busy, I think it was Tony Robbins who said, if you can't find ten minutes in your day, you haven't got a life. And. I think he's right. That's Ooh. why I remember it. It sort of stuck with me. And uh, it could be if you've got kids, take the kids for a walk around the block for 10 minutes. Take exactly. the dog around the block. Yeah. Just go and stand in the sun for 10 minutes. It's not that big a ask. Exactly. Think about your days, practicing gratitude for those 10 minutes, whatever it is. Just find a way to yeah. build it into your routine.
1: Yeah. 10 minutes, exactly. We love creating or helping clients create morning and evening routines as well. And so I find that that is so like, that is the secret ingredient to success is write it out, stick it up on your fridge or wherever you see daily and just tick it off every day. It's like, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. And scheduling those most important things either in the morning or in your evening routine. Because sometimes too, people, like it's it's prioritization, it's what's most important to you, but sometimes people just, like they literally just forget.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. So
1: having like a visual reminder of go outside in the sun for 10 minutes when I wake up, maybe like right next to your bed, you know, it's just that thing that it's like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs>
0: And it doesn't take too long. It becomes a habit.
1: Mm. Then, yeah, uh, and it that, that's part the part point. Wanted to have it. You're a habit.
0: This is what life. you do. I mean, that, that's the joy of it. Really. You didn't mention lunchtime. I, I'm personally a great fan of get out of the office, go for a wander at lunchtime. Yeah, eat my yes. eat my lunch outside if I can. Is there a reason why you didn't mention it?
1: So, this is based now. I cannot remember the researcher or the like, uh, the sleep guru who there was research, like, there was actual research to show if you do it like first thing in the morning, two hours before the sun goes down, we'll just help with that circadian rhythm. from a pure. Sleep. Also, so,
0: here we're really um, talking about sleep, yeah,
1: really specific, yeah. But then the more sun. And the more like real light that you can get throughout the day, the better. So anytime you can get out for a break from work, get up off your desk, go outside for a walk, have your lunch outside. I'm a big fan of having lunch outside, more so for my vitamin D and just for like my sanity and mental health. It helps me to unwind. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah. So talking about light too, I got my funky little glasses here. Don't know if you've heard of like the blue light blocker gadgets.
0: I, ha- um, I have. I mean, I have to say there's they, they can be controversial depending on who you talk to as to whether they actually do anything or not. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for there's no downside to using them.
1: There's no downside. Look, I think these were $80. I bought them from a company called Earthing Oz. So I did look around and like, okay, I don't want to spend $500 on something that may or may not work. And I, don't, sure, but no, I also absolutely. don't want to yeah. spend. <laughs> but yeah. you can also get like $5 ones from eBay. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get really crappy cheap ones that probably aren't going to do anything. So, anyway, I think I was, now I'm not an affiliate with them, but I should be because I talk about them all the time and I do like uh, so. their company. I feel like they are trustworthy. I wear them, like, honestly, uh, not all day. I mean, these are things that you can use when you're on the computer all day. But if I choose to watch a Netflix or a movie or something at night, this is, like, my non-negotiable. I have to wear my, like, yeah, dorky yeah. pink glasses. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And I do find that, look, it's a it's a combination of like if I have a lot going on and there's more stresses, that's where sleep can start becoming a bit off and then like I back off on watching things at night or being on my computer. But I feel like they help. Good. I have had clients who they really feel like they help with headaches, not so much sleep, but headaches. Like when they use these regularly, they're not getting headaches from the blue light and the EMFs and stuff coming from computers.
0: Yeah, good. Look, yeah. Look! even if it's a placebo effect,
1: it's an effect. Exactly. I'll take it. Exactly. That's, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. There's no harm to them besides maybe just like a few dollars. That yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they look kind of cool.
0: No, absolutely. Um, um, you, I mean, you mentioned you use the term sleep hygiene. And for me, as soon as I hear that, I start to think about the devices and yeah. the blue light and, and all of that. And I heard a great, I'm not sure who it was who I heard say it earlier, uh, recently, but it was great. You talked about you know, people tend to reach for their mobile phone the second they wake up, and they're, mm. they're checking emails, and they're doing this. And you know, sleep quality aside, almost he said, that if you're checking your phone before mm-hmm. you're saying good morning to your loved one who's lying next to you, you really have to ask yourself what's going on with that. And that yeah. really stuck with me. That yeah. really stuck with me. And then he said, worst case, he said. If your partner's asleep and sleeps longer than you do, well, let them sleep because that's important. But try not to look at your phone or check your messages or emails until after you've had breakfast.
1: I like that. And yeah,
0: I now do that. But it was really a habit break. Like I, I had to think about it. I would instinctively mm-hmm. reach for the and go, oh, no, 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 have breakfast first. And actually, it's a really nice routine that I've now introduced. So I was grateful for that advice. But sleep hygiene, yeah, how would you describe that to someone?
1: Yeah, so well, before bed, like going back to the evening routine, so anything like phones, laptops, TVs, ideally you don't want to have all of that stuff on at least two hours before you go to bed to sleep. Um, How can you watch I, Netflix
0: without looking at it?
1: Yeah, that's where I <laughs> then sometimes
0: compromise and I use my... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Whether no, no. they
1: work or not, they feel like my conscience feels better.
0: <laughs> but what, what would we do if we're not watching Netflix or looking at...
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this was the amazing thing. So, um, Chris and I, my husband and I created... It's called the 3-Day Detox, Sleep Detox, sorry. And it's where like for 3 nights or 3 days, as soon as the sun goes down we switched off everything minus the fridge. So we turned off every PowerPoint. We turned right. on uh, computers, phones, modem. lights. Modem. But yeah, modem. Wi-Fi is a big one. So yep. I'll wi- oh, talk about Wi-Fi in a sec. And we just lived by candlelight and gas. And so, you know, we'd be cooking dinner because uh, last time well, it was wintertime, so it gets quite dark here in Tassie <laughs> in wintertime. You know, we just used candlelights to cook dinner. It was it was amazing. It was so, like all four, we have two daughters, all four of us noticed massive improvements, both with getting sleepy early, like by 8.30, I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed. Brilliant. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Um, my oldest daughter, we've actually always struggled with her, which is probably why I'm also passionate about sleep, but struggled with her getting her to bed, like at a normal child time. Sometimes, you know, it was like 10, 11 o'clock and she'd still be like, doing this sleep detox was just an amazing insight into the fact that our poor little girl was just overstimulated by lights and things flashing. I mean, we turn off the TV and everything after like before dinner time, but it was just the lights. And the moment we put on those candles, she was in bed and asleep by seven o'clock and that had never happened ever in her whole life. Even as a baby, she'd be like 10 o'clock.
0: <laughs> right, well.
1: You know, that's quite dramatic. I've had other parents too do it with kids. I feel like just because kids are so sensitive to what's going on that it's more noticeable when people do yeah, the sleep sure. detox. But for me and Chris too, we were going to bed earlier. It was nicer for the family because it's like, well... We can't, you know, we're forced not to do work or you
0: know, in the house, other it? stuff.
1: It's like, what can we do? Let's play a card game or let's talk to each other. Let's uh, read books with the kids for two hours because there's nothing else to do. But it was really good. It was wonderful. <laughs> and then I noticed too that in the morning and throughout that day, now again, like if I get a good night's sleep, which is pretty regular these days because I prioritize it, but I just noticed like I just up-leveled not so much energy, but just mental clarity. It was almost like, it was just like, oh, I feel so bright.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, um, I think you've hit the nail on the head here in terms of making it a priority. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah. Which yeah. is why we started with why it's so important to try and just help people understand why it's not optimal
1: to be yes. well, you
0: know, I don't sleep very well. It's just what it is, or I can get by on five hours, you know, that's because I'm a super trooper. Yeah, that's why we started uh, where we did. Well, the, certainly the three-day sleep detox sounds fascinating. And I was actually thinking about the uh, the reality. I was thinking, how hey, would that play out in our Because It sounds wonderful, but we, we for sure have some, yeah, I think fairly normal habits in place, but that doesn't mean healthy habits in terms of watching Netflix and, you know, check, yeah. checking messages or emails later at night, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I, um, I commit to you here, Elizabeth.
1: You You know what I found really hard is just looking at my phone to look at the time because that's Why? we don't have a clock in our house and I couldn't do that because my phone was switched off and so I didn't actually even know what the time was.
0: <laughs> I think
1: my daughter, I'm like, how did I know? You? Well, my daughter has a watch on her wrist.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: but even that, like even that before you go to bed, oh, what's the time? Oh, it's 10, 15, I better go to sleep. You've already, you've already exposed yourself to an artificial light right, that is yeah. going to suppress melatonin and increase cortisol. Well,
0: I, yes. I use so, my phone as my alarm clock.
1: Yeah.
0: So I put it in flight mode at night, yeah. like I said, in that regard. Yeah. But um, yes, for sure. You're right. The last thing I look at is my phone because I would set the alarm on it Yeah. I'm smashing myself yeah. with all of that. And it's pretty much the first thing I lean for to turn it off or to yeah. stop the alarm going off.
1: Do you want me to a, a little bit more on sleep hygiene?
0: Yeah, sure. Because yeah. I'm a
1: big fan too of just creating the right environment. So create your environment for success, basically. Yep. And so create your room or your bedroom like a cave. So the caveman used to live in caves or sleep in caves. It was pitch black. So these are, and a lot of people might, may know this, but again, sometimes it's a nice reminder that just like block out curtains so that you can't see street lights, moon, all that sort of stuff coming in. Again, like we were talking about digital devices for the time. So I do not like like the digital clocks that have like the red, you know, that's just another exposure to light. There was a study too that showed that it doesn't even matter if, we, if the light is in our eyes or if we're exposed to it in the rest of our body. So they looked at a whole heap of participants. They put a little tiny torch underneath the doona next to the participant's leg, I think it was. And they showed that cortisol was higher and melatonin was lower wow. just from that little light underneath the bed. So it wasn't even like, wow. yes. And so that's where it, light is so important in terms of trying to make your bedroom as dark as possible. Air quality as well. So stagnant air, moldy air, that's going to stress out your body, going to affect your respiratory system. You might actually not even be getting enough oxygen to your brain when you're asleep. So trying to improve air quality. We don't do it because we don't have fly screens, although there's no mosquitoes in Tassie this time in wintertime. But just even opening your window a little bit yeah. just to let some natural air come in For can sure. make the world a difference. And plants yeah. in your bedroom as well. So it looks pretty, but it also helps purify the air.
0: Fantastic. So
1: whole, is that enough? Oh, no, that's huge, <laughs> like man. That's, like, way, I,
0: I love the fact <laughs> that that's all very tangible. I mean, there's no reason why... If not all of that, most of that can't be a reality quite quickly without spending a bunch of money. Yeah, um, yeah. And And would probably lead to immediate improvements for a lot of yeah. people. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And kids, I know it's really hard because some parents have kids that have trouble sleeping. But like no night lights because that's just going to affect the child. Like it's going to make things worse in the end by affecting. We thought
0: that night lights, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and point. then and some people have to get up to go to the toilet at nighttime too, so I just always encourage try to walk there in the dark and don't turn on any lights. You know, like most of us know our house well enough and like how to get to the toilet that you could probably just feel your way there because the moment you switch on a light, again, it's like, "Oh, it's sunshine, it's morning. I have to get up and that that hormonal production can go haywire again."
0: Sure. Yeah, I know, really practical advice, Uh, really practical advice. Look, I'm conscious of time, Philippa. If anyone wanted to reach out and find out more about your three-day sleep detox program, where would they do so?
1: Jump onto our website, www.chrisandphilly.fm, but I'll send you a direct link to um,
0: the sleep detox PDF. I will certainly pop that in the show notes. But that's so Chris and Philly, all lowercase, one word, as the URL, FM for functional medicine, Correct. I would imagine. Yes, there we go. Yep. So um, that's where people could reach out to you. And I know that um, you do amazing work with your clients. You get all sorts of wonderful results that are ultimately life-changing because the areas that you're helping uh, your clients with, that they impact their life profoundly. Yeah, so um, I appreciate what you and Chris are doing. Appreciate your time with us here today. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we sign off?
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I feel like the crux of what we were talking about really is like, what is most important to you? All the stuff we talked about, all good and well, but if you're not getting enough sleep and it's impacting your health, you'll get to a point where it's the most important thing. And you don't really want to get to that point because that's when people kind of crumble and they're like falling apart. So look at this as preventative health. And for a lot of people too, like just having optimal health and a long and happy life is the most important thing. So try and focus on that as your end goal in terms of making these changes today as opposed to getting completely burnt out and losing it
0: <laughs> We want to be as happy and healthy as we can be for as long as possible, right? And that's yeah. the big picture most important things in life at the end of the day and for sure to be too busy with work or too busy with any of those other sort of life distractions and necessities no doubt but to prioritize those over your health it'll come back to bite you at some stage I think is what you say I mean it just will it's like you can't out train a bad diet you if you're chronically sleeping poorly then it's going to catch up with you at some point there's going to be a debt to pay
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, on that somber note, <laughs> you know, but on the upside, there's so much that can be done and you can, yeah, anyone, anyone can start making improvements today. Right. That's the point. Exactly. You can, literally, there's so much good stuff that doesn't have to cost any money that can be implemented immediately. Yeah. One step at a time, if needs be. But um, yeah. that's what we've talked about. And certainly that's what um, we'll, we'll make available with uh, the details of your, uh, your three day sleep detox, which is really I think if anyone who's not willing to give a three-day sleep detox a try, then they need to go back to as you said, go back to really thinking about what's most important to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. But, but
0: thank you so much. I look forward to chatting next time.
1: See ya. <laughs>
0: Take care. Well, there you have it. Thanks very much for listening. And if you've enjoyed this, please go ahead and leave a review. It helps more than you know. And if you think that one of your training buddies would also enjoy this, go ahead and share it with them right now. Thank you once again, and until next time, train smart and train safe.